0: In this episode, Bogita Wasserfall speaks to Made for More founder Jamie Meeklin. Made for More is an organisation founded in 2018 and based in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Their aim is to equip young people with the knowledge and understanding that there is value in their identity and the choices they make. Jamie Meeklin. So great to have you talking about something that we don't talk about often enough, and yet we always see the repercussions of, and that is identity. Let's talk about your background. You are a husband, you are a father, and you're also an educator. I'm going to say you have some South African roots as well, because you spent some time (laughs) at Pretoria Boys High for a while doing some rugby coaching.
1: Yes, it was about 10 years ago, and I had the opportunity to come out to South Africa. I was on a year out from university. Um, I was sort of waiting to, to go on and do my teaching. Um, so I spent, um, it was just over two months at Boys High, and I had the opportunity to coach um, a team and help in the, in the gym there, and just be involved in sort of everyday life in, in one of the boarding houses. So uh, it was an absolutely brilliant experience. I got to travel, meet some good people, and definitely, um definitely became part Springbok, you know, during my time there, so it was brilliant.
0: You have started a really important foundation. And but before we get into that foundation, I came across you guys because earlier this year I just heard so many stories of youngsters attempting suicide. And then it got me researching what is out there From a Christian perspective, in terms of support, why are our youth thinking that suicide is the answer? So you started a foundation in 2018. It's called Made for More. It's a Christian foundation, and you help tackle the identity crisis that is impacting the young people of Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, so a little bit of my background. So I I became a teacher after my time in South Africa. I actually was a teacher for, for eight years, working with young people from the age of 12 to 18. And my subject was physical education, so I got to coach a lot of rugby. And this sort of feeling, in my, just in my spirit, I, I described it as a holy discontent. You know, I felt God was, was really working in my life and, and wanted me to step out of teaching and into something different. And at that moment, you know, it's a bit of a wrestle. You know, do you continue just to do what you do and enjoy your job and, and make money or do you, do you follow that prompting from the Holy Spirit? And in that moment, I, I knew that I was going to have to leave teaching. I just didn't know what God had planned for my life. And and I think when I acknowledged that he wanted me to leave, that he wanted me to go into to some sort of Christian full-time ministry, I, I, at that moment, I entered what I would probably describe as a season of waiting, where I was waiting on God to show me the opportunity and um, the right door for me. And I really felt God was, was channeling me into the area that he that He had planned for me. And through just a number of different circumstances in school, I got involved in mentoring some of the young boys in the school who were getting into trouble and, and just found myself having more conversations about what was actually happening in the, in the pupils' lives. And in that moment, God gave me a word, and it was identity. Because, you see, we were sitting down with young people who whose lives were a mess. You know, they were coming from broken homes. And um, They were coming from really difficult situations. Some of them were in foster care, and a lot of them had serious mental health problems um, at a young age. And every meeting I sat in, you know, and, and we went through the usual protocol that a school would. But every meeting, God would put this word identity back into my heart. And, and I almost, you know, wanted to answer every question in that meeting with, this is an identity problem. These young people have no idea who they are. They have no idea what the purpose of their life is. They don't know who created them. The answer is Jesus. They need to know Jesus. But obviously within a school context, you can't bring that out. So I very quickly just sort the research a little bit more to have more and more conversations with other schools and other contacts and just realized that this was not just our school. This was a widespread problem in young people across Northern Ireland. And statistically, when you look at Northern Ireland and the UK, we have some of the worst mental health statistics in the world. In Northern Ireland alone, over 600 people have taken their life through suicide the last two years. So that's nearly one person every day has taken their life. 61% of young girls in the UK self-harm, 9% of 14-year-old boys self-harm. And the statistics just continue on like this. And then the drug culture is definitely growing here in Northern Ireland with cannabis more and more common in young people. But all of this you know stems from an identity crisis that people do not know who they are they have no understanding of why they are here and and the the answer for me is that they need Jesus they need the god that created them to have a relationship with him and to help him guide them through these difficult situations
0: it's not something that you can just go to a school and start addressing you have to do it at a different mm-hmm. angle and that angle you have decided to take is to partner with schools You partner in Christian church environments as well by getting involved in speaking at their church services or their youth ministry leader training, as well as student ministry. How do you get involved from a school perspective? Obviously, because not every school is Christian.
1: Yeah, and I suppose just to even go back a little bit, it wasn't allowed. And especially within the school context I was in. It would not have been appreciated at all by the principal and senior staff. So that led to me sitting down one morning and listening to a podcast. God really spoke to me and 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 it led to me deciding to leave teaching, to step out of the school environment and set up Made for More. So I, I put my teacher hat on and created four workshops that are based completely around the school teaching curriculum. You know, they have all the key teaching points and themes that need to be taught. And we created workshops that ticked all the right boxes. And we do it in a really fun and interactive way that that schools appreciate, that schools enjoy, and that actually takes that sort of maybe awkward conversation, awkward lesson out of the classroom. And so what we're actually doing there is we're trying to help young people navigate life. And for me, that's biblical. We may not mention Jesus, but everything about our workshops are filled with kingdom principles. We're trying to help young people's lives to improve. And we just share Instagram. We finish the workshop with the kids, we have a lot of fun, we give out prizes. And at the end, we just say here, why not follow us on Instagram if you want to find out what we do? Kids have that freedom to say, yes, I'm gonna look that up and follow them, or no, I'm not really interested in what they have to say. And we find that a lot of young people want to see what we're up to they want to find out more they want to to watch the videos and and to see what's happening so they choose to follow us on instagram and it's through instagram then that we share the gospel our instagram is all focused on, on sharing god's scripture on sharing video testimonies about how people's lives have been transformed about bible teaching and then we go into churches and through social media churches are just finding out more and more about what we do and they want to start the conversation and they don't know how So they might bring us in to deliver a workshop that does include Jesus, that includes the Bible, but actually just starts a conversation. We're not mental health experts. We very much view ourselves as as educators. So we just want to start to create a generation of young people that are willing to talk about their mental health.
0: How can we as adults play our part in preventing the youth we interact with on a regular basis from believing the lie that they're not good enough? And how can we help them understand their true identity?
1: Yeah, that's that's a big question. You know, and we have to remember that although some aspects of, of mental health, abuse of alcohol and drugs, you know, that, that can be caused by by the bad decisions that we make. There's a lot of people who will struggle with their mental health because it's an illness. Your mental health is just as fragile as your physical health, just like you can catch a cold or chest infection or or, or break a limb. So it's being aware of that and not thinking that this is something that you can just quickly fix. You know, in the UK here, one in four adults um, struggle with a mental health issue. So it's very, very common and it's common in our young people as well. So we need to frame it in the right context to not belittle it in any way and acknowledge that, you know, it is part of our makeup as humans, that we will get sick and that could be either physical or mental. But there are things that we can definitely do to help our young people navigate this better. And the first big thing that we sort of talk about with young people is that they need to talk about their mental health. One of our taglines in our workshops is that we want to create a generation of young people that are willing to talk about their mental health. Because here in Northern Ireland, for the last number of generations, people don't talk about mental health. I don't know what it's like there in South Africa, but here it's been very much um, a taboo subject. You know, you don't talk about depression. You don't talk about suicide. If you're struggling, you keep it to yourself and you just carry on. But that doesn't help. So we instead are are trying to help young people realise if they have one person in their life that they can trust, it could be a parent, a teacher, a classroom assistant, a youth worker, that they can say, when I'm struggling, I'm going to talk to them about this. That will make a massive difference. So for parents for adults that work in churches and these different environments, it's very much about making yourself available. You know, letting the young people know that you are there for them no matter what it is they want to talk about and highlight how important it is that they come and speak about that.
0: Jamie, would you agree with me that in the Christian circles, we can, in some ways, be quite judgmental? And because we Christians, everything Jesus solves, which he does, but. Mental health, it's a serious matter, and yes, we pray for people. We pray that uh, Jesus helps them through things as well, but sometimes it's more than prayer. Not that I'm saying that prayer is not enough, but Mm. don't get me wrong. Jesus is the answer, but he uses doctors and psychiatrists, and that's to help those in our communities as well. I kind of feel like as Christians, we think that if you are seeing a psychiatrist you're not trusting in God to get you through your mental illness that you're going through.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, like I firmly believe that, that Jesus uh, and God will answer our prayers and, and could heal us. You know, he could he could choose to heal us from a physical disability or a mental illness instantly if it's in His will. But but we all know that that's not always the case. So although we of course should reach out and ask for prayer. And sometimes in our life, God doesn't answer the prayers that we ask. And, you know, just like if someone is struggling with a real physical illness, such as cancer, they're going to go to their doctors. They're going to ask for treatment. They're going to get take the medication and everything that's on offer. There are people who will struggle with depression for the majority of their life. And they they believe in Jesus. They have an unbelievable faith. But they're going to need medication to help them through that illness. They're going to need maybe counseling to help them navigate that every day. Just because you struggle with a mental illness doesn't mean you have a lack of faith. So we need to change the narrative on that in the church. And, and the church should be a safe place. God calls us to the church because we are sinners and therefore it should be the safe place that we can go and actually share and say, Listen, I'm struggling. You know, I am I am anxious, I'm suffering panic attacks, I'm stressed all the time, I'm struggling with depression. Can you pray for me? Can I talk to you? Can we open up God's Word and look at how we can maybe navigate
0: this? You also address things like self-esteem. Self-esteem is massive. We are bombarded with what the media says we should look like, what we should be wearing, where we should be going, who we should be hanging out with and things like that. And if I look at some stats, 75% of girls with low self-esteem are reported to be engaging in negative activities. And those activities can range from cutting and bullying and smoking, drinking even as far as having an eating disorder. And also, they are four times more likely to be taking part in activities with boys that they've ended up regretting later. How do we address the self-esteem part of things as well in your workshops?
1: Self-esteem is a massive issue, I think, for all of us. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. We, we all struggle at times with how we look, how we feel about, you know, our gifts and abilities. Uh, and a lot of us can struggle at times with, so, with low self-worth. For me, I think it comes from the fact that we live in a society that is just compare ourselves to other people. If you put your, yourself in the shoes of a, of a teenage boy or a teenage girl. They go to school every day where they're judged by their peers on how they look and how smart they are and what they're able to do. Physically, for some of them, it's this constant battle of, am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Do I have enough money? Am I funny enough? For girls, it may be, am I skinny enough? For boys, it may be, am I strong and athletic enough? There's just so much going on in their lives where they constantly feel they have to compare. And, and that starts in school, but then they go home and they, and they sit in their phones. Young people are on their phones now for an average of up to eight hours a day. They're on social media, they're on Instagram, they're on YouTube and they're watching TV shows. And and again, all they're seeing is is beautiful, famous people, top world-class sports stars. And and the images are are amazing. You know that yourself. You go on Instagram, you just see all these beautiful people with perfect lives. and, And they sit and they flick through these photos or they watch these TV shows. They just think, I look nothing like that. My life is nowhere near as good as that. I will never be as successful as these people, I will never be happy, my family's not like that. And they compare themselves, they don't realise that what they're seeing online, the stories that they're hearing in school, the pictures um, and, and the images that are coming through in the TV, it's actually not real. It's all been created for entertainment, it's all edited, it's all about building this false perception that, that everyone is happy and everyone is beautiful. And if you're a young person then, and that's what's coming into your mind nearly every second of every day, of course you're going to feel insignificant. Of course you're going to feel that you are not good enough. Our school workshops, we try and address that by just explaining that, by showing images and how they're faked online, by talking through things such as peer pressure. We do a a game called The Perfect Person where we, we get them to draw what the perfect person supposedly looks like on a big chalkboard and it's just a real fun silly game and the images are always ridiculous looking but we try to highlight that that game is just as ridiculous as the idea that we are all meant to look the same so that's what we do in schools and, and we just try to start the conversation again and, and we talk a little bit about boosting their self-esteem and and trying to improve their self-worth and a few tips on how to do that psalm 139 has has always been one of my favorite passages in the bible and And it speaks such truth into our lives, the fact that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, that he knitted us together in our mother's womb, that that he knew us before we were even a formed substance. This creates an image of how God took his time to make each and every one of us. We're not a mistake like the world sometimes makes us feel. We're not meant to look like anyone else. No, God created us to be just as we are. That means how we look, our personality, our gifts, even some of the things that we struggle with. God knew that all about us before we were born, and he loves us unconditionally. So we love to take that message in the churches and in the youth groups and just really build up the young people's self-esteem by speaking truth into their lives at every opportunity. And even our merch. We sell merchandise online. We give it away on our Instagram Um, We work through all the schools and the churches we go to and and on the middle of it is a big 2X and that actually stands for Ephesians 2.10 which starts off by saying that you are God's masterpiece and that's part of the truth that we love to bring to young people.
0: Jamie, Made for More also has an internship program. How does the internship program work?
1: Yeah, so the internship program started in in September and we took three full-time interns and to come and, and basically work alongside us in, in our, our work at Made for More, but also to be discipled. So what these guys do is they sort of volunteer for about 25 hours a week. And what they do is they they help come to the schools, deliver the workshops. They grow in their confidence. You know, we get them to maybe speak a little bit here and there. And they just bring a lot of energy and a lot of fun to what we do. And the interns this year are so talented. They really are. And we've sat down with them and created an, an assembly series called Made to Follow and that's actually for primary school kids, so that's five to 11-year-olds, and they will take these assemblies into their school and just share about Jesus in a real fun and interactive way, and and since September, our interns have been doing that on their own, and they've spoken to nearly probably 6,000 young people um, through those assemblies, just what it means to follow Jesus, so that's been great for them, um, and amazing for us to have them part of that, but a big part of it as well is we want to feed them spiritually, we don't want to just have interns for a year that we get us that, that help us we want to really help them grow in their faith so we give them books and podcasts to listen to and we have a team devo every monday morning where we just try to teach them the bible and encourage them we pray together and, and then once a month they meet as a team and they're, they're walking through and um, basically a sort of discipleship program where they can just grow and share their faith and, and learn their spiritual gifts and Basically, by the end of this year, we want them to leave fully equipped for whatever it is they want to do with the rest of their lives. That could be working in some sort of Christian ministry or it could just be going into the world of work or university. Whatever it is, we want them to be fully equipped with an understanding of their own identity, with an understanding of how to navigate the culture that we live in, but also how to share the gospel, how to reach people and love them in a a world that, that really lacks love and kindness. And so that's what the program looks like. Next year, we'll probably open our our sort of selection process again in, in April so that we can get people on board for next September. And we think we're going to grow that next year to potentially four young people. And as our team here at Made For More hopefully continues to grow and get bigger year after year.
0: It's been so fantastic to have a chat with you, Jamie Meeklem. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I really hope that this is the start of many more interviews that we have with you just to see how God is working in Made for More. And uh, hopefully, even see you in person in our schools and our churches in South Africa as well. This podcast was produced, edited, and hosted by Podcast Champions. Want to build a podcast audience for your business? Like Podcast Champions on Facebook and receive an exclusive package offer.